He was walking around behind me, and then he slipped. I was like, oh, it's fine. And then I realized he's holding scissors, and there's blood on the floor. Mm. And he goes, oh, my God, I just stabbed myself. I think he fell right on the scissors. I think he was kind of in shock, so he got up really fast and pulled him out. From what I understand, like, if it was, like, an inch to the left or right, I mean, he would have been gone. They thought it was a stabbing. Guy gets stabbed in the center of the chest with his scissors, and you and the police come, and you tell him, yeah, he fell on mm. his scissors. The story is not believable, so I don't really blame them for thinking that. So it's not funny. Um, that guy sounded funny. Um, <laughs> that story was 30% funnier because of his accent. <laughs> oh, yeah, the cops get here. They're not going to believe that. The guy stabbed himself. No. <laughs> yeah, the poor barber trips, falls, scissors pointed at him, I guess. And uh, stabs himself. And so the Shimity. police come and look at security footage. Lucky there's cameras in there so that the, you know, guy getting his hair cut didn't turn out, you know, one side burns higher than the other. And you gave him what he had coming. <laughs> um, shaved off my eyebrow wow. or something. <laughs> Decided to take him out. No, the guy just fell. You're not supposed to pull it out when you get stabbed. I didn't know that. Right. I, right. When, I, when I read the biography of Martin Luther King Jr., he got stabbed by somebody. Um. Uh. Yeah, knife in his chest, and he, and there's oh a picture. My. There's a picture of him. Yeah, most people don't even know that. Attempted assassinations don't get attention for some reason. Anyway, somebody stabbed. If you survive him. it, right? Yeah. yeah. Somebody stabbed him in the chest with a knife, and there's a picture of him sitting in a chair waiting for the ambulance to arrive. And he's just got the end of the knife sticking out of his chest. Holy cow! And that's where I learned in the book that you're supposed to leave it in, don't pull it out. So, yeah. yeah. But I didn't know that prior to that. That barber obviously didn't know that either. That's funny. I've known that since I was a kid, but I can't remember how I figured it or where I read that. Yeah, but it's it's easy to picture. You know, you pull it out, everything starts bleeding. Yeah. Yikes. So I suppose the barber just stood up, pulled it out, and swished it around a little in that blue juice and went back to... In the to, blue juice. <laughs> went back to cutting hair. Exactly. So you were saying, what, about an inch off of, by the ears? <laughs> one inch the other way. One way or the other. You'd have been dead. <laughs> well, you can see the cops coming in. God, what right, a dude, terrible this. story. He's, it, it sounds like something out of The Sopranos. He stabbed himself. <laughs> yeah, protection collection gone wrong or something. Yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> um, it reminds me of, because uh, how would that happen, you know? It, it's just a really bad fall. It would have to unfold quickly. I'd think was you'd, it, like, hurl the scissors away from yourself, wouldn't turn you? Him or something. Was he like one of those bartenders who spins the bottles all the time, right? Like, he's got a lot of flair while he's doing the haircut. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it reminds me. I call of, this the six shooter. <laughs> oh jeez, my chest, my chest. <laughs> oh jeez, um, it reminds me of. Uh, we don't use the aluminum straws because of this story. So when the the the, the straw story broke, remember it was a nine year old's fake paper that started the craze. But uh, they're doing away with real straws and giving you paper straws, and they suck. So you can buy these aluminum straws. And you carry them with you, and you use that for your coffee drink or whatever like that. Where a lady somewhere, no a lady somewhere tripped and fell, carrying one of those cups and jammed that aluminum straw into her eye socket, clear up into her brain pan. Ah, <sighs> her and that barber, chilling. <laughs> but so uh, I'm on a date, carefully. Yeah, <laughs> just wrapped in foam. But I don't use those aluminum straws because of that story. It just seems way too dangerous. Sensible caution. Um, one of the headlines of the day, jobless claims come out on Thursdays. It's at 870,000 this week. That's a big number. 
Uh, not happy to hear about that. But uh, you're not supposed to take too much from one week's numbers, so I won't. On another topic, you mentioned this yesterday. This is one of those things that I, I for some reason, I'm, ha- I'm having trouble believing is real. I keep thinking it's an exaggeration or um, a, a, a one-off event and people are making too big a deal out of it, but it, it keeps showing up. This was actually tweeted out by somebody who's proud of it, tweeted out by somebody called A2 School Super. Grateful for the opportunity to join equity leaders from at A2 Schools and at AASAHQ, whatever that is, school districts, across the country today in equity learning. And then they've got their screenshots of what they're teaching on there. And it is characteristics of white supremacy culture. This is what they're teaching in school. You did this yesterday. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I have trouble wrapping my head around this, believing that it's actually real. Characteristics of white supremacy culture that they're teaching your children. Perfectionism. Sense of urgency. Defensiveness. Quantity over quality. Worship of the written word. Uh, Only one right way. Paternalism. Individualism. These are prejudicial words that could be getting the right answer, being on time, finishing your work promptly. That's white supremacy. How insulting is that? Because people of color are, are slow, can't get the answer right, they don't know how to write. I mean, there's nothing more racist than the anti-racist crowd. Yeah, this is a screenshot of something that they're, they, they, they tweeted out that they're putting in the school and so excited about it. Either or thinking. I can't even imagine what that means. Right, right. Well, you know, as I described yesterday, the idea that trying to get the right answer in math is white supremacy. I mean, that's how crazy it is. You you think we're exaggerating how nuts these people are. Oh, no. It's the COVID. Um, but we're not. We're not exaggerating even a little bit. Was that the regular? Was that the British variant you just got? Or... Nope. <laughs> Apparently the British. Got the British variant. Anyway, this is just weird. How is this? How has this not been stamped out already? Uh, number one, people have been indoctrinated in this crap since they were kids or college kids. And number two, people are terrified to speak out against it. They don't want to either. Either they don't want to be branded a racist, branded a racist because they're, they're they're not capable of defending themselves, or they're vulnerable. They might lose their job. They might lose their status in their industry if the online mob comes from them. Luckily, we don't give a damn. But a lot of people are cowed. I'd like to hear the explanation of some of these characteristics of white supremacy culture. Right to comfort. What is that? Right to comfort. Oh. It's got to be some sort of white people don't have the right to be comfortable and they should be. I don't know what. I don't know what. I, I hate to even guess. Uh, unpacking our right to comfort, power, privilege, and systems. Oh, Lord. How long is this? Oh, it's probably 17 pages. You got a bunch of uh, black kids with their fists raised. Uh, let's see. Overview of critical transformation, cycles of socialization, cycles of liberation. But why would you teach perfectionism as a characteristic of white supremacy? Perfectionism is a, I don't know, can be a useful trait, could be a damaging trait. I don't know. Give me the scenario. Give me the context. What are we talking about here? But what, what the hell does it got to do with race? Very weird. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, matrix of oppression here. Sense of urgency. 
Okay. Well, what do we give me the context here, and then how is that related to race in any way? Learning um, comes with discomfort, and change comes with. Oh, I get it. Okay, this is like the white fragility nonsense. That if you say, well, well, if you say what you just said, wait a minute. In what sense is perfectionism? Racism and white supremacist. I mean, different people, different colors. They might be a perfectionist or not or whatever. You are uncomfortable with what they said. That's proof you're a racist. You don't have the right to comfort. You've got to take on discomfort. Well, how about the discomfort of what you're saying is nonsense? <laughs> um, oh, the quantity over quality. Again, that's another. Give me the context. Sometimes quantity is the most important thing. Sometimes quality is. Sometimes the trade-off 60-40. Uh, I don't know. Give me the context there. But anyway, that reminds me. They're trying to get a law going in California, particularly aimed at Amazon, to put a limit on how much you can demand in terms of quantity. For like, uh, they think they're being too demanding at Amazon for um, how many things you got to jam in a box per hour or whatever. Mm, um, yeah. And apparently they keep that secret and they just monitor you and you're either fast enough or not fast enough. And uh, and they're they're making they they want to pass a law in California that uh, they have to tell you exactly how many it is per hour and they keep track of it and then the, the number can't be too high or it's too demanding or whatever, which you know the government would set the number at way below what is uh, uh, going to make a, a business profitable. Sure. Well, I will tell you that a relative of mine whose testimony I trust 100% worked at Amazon and said the pace was brutal. I'm sure it and was. brutally demanding. I'm sure but that's it a, is. When, when that's, I worked, a, that's a private interaction, though. Right. When I, mean, I worked at UPS, the pace was brutal. How many boxes they expected you to stack per minute, per hour, for however many hours. It was absolutely crazy, and I could only keep it up for a while as a young man. But that's what they get to do, and if they can hire people willing to do it at that price, then there are people to do it. And if you don't want to do it at that price, don't do it. Right, get another gig, which is exactly what happened. And, you know, it's, but, it's but they, too bad because it's a decent employer, but... But if but obviously you just know that if the 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 state or the feds got involved and came up with a number, it would be well on the south side of what is reasonable. Oh sure, yeah, at the behest of the unions, they would weigh in there and and uh, along with that law demand the right to unionize as people are trying to do in Amazon, and then the, the union would say you only have to do like two boxes an hour, and then <laughs> I would take the gig, <laughs> two boxes an hour, and you get a smoke break every other hour, and you can't work more than two hours in a row. Or something like that. Right. right um, exactly. uh, I feel like we're getting giving short shrift to the craziness that's going on, particularly in Texas. We ought to talk a little bit about that. It's absolutely amazing. Some of the stories sure. coming out of there. And how Antifa used the snow, speaking of the storms, to uh, befuddle the Seattle police. Oh, More really? craziness from Freeattle. Haven't heard that. If you know anything about the stacking boxes at Amazon or what they expect or uh, all that sort of stuff, let us know. Text line 415-295-KFTC. I don't want to move boxes around. I want to blow them up. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
This morning, temperatures plummeted below freezing in parts of every single state. And the extreme cold shows no signs of letting up. wonder how often that's happened. Every state went below freezing. Um, uh, certainly not a common experience. Wow, I, I find myself, uh, I want to check that. Florida was below freezing? I'll be damned. Although there's mountainous, man, we'll get hung up on that. Um, a, a particular zip code in a state getting sure. to that, yeah. yeah. Um, um, you weren't about to say there's mountainous regions in Florida, were you? No, but I was thinking Alabama, Mississippi, a bunch of these states, they got below, all got below freezing. There are millions of people that are still without heat, millions, and it is bitterly cold, and there are a couple of more storms rolling in, and the, 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 there's no place to go to get heat. Everything's everything's shut down. There's no electricity. Yeah, for, for miles and miles and miles in some areas of Texas. Yeah, I grabbed my uh, my app. Actually, Austin, and I'm just checking. Austin, it's going to be 33 today with a 90 percent chance of precipitation, which is about the last thing in the world they need. But then the next several days, 44 degrees, 55, 56, 55, 63, 71, 75. So a week from today, it's going to be 75 degrees in Austin, Texas, where it was six degrees. Overnight, a couple of days ago. If you're Tracy. not if you're not prepared to live that way, it's you know it's my my dad grew up in the Midwest with no electricity his whole life, um. So you can live that way in in, in even colder temperatures, but you you know you're you're prepared for it. All right, he had animal skins and hog fat to smear on himself and you know whatever else millions of people without heat a lot of those people probably don't have a wood stove because you rarely ever need it yeah right yeah well give us 14 15 sean would you until it warms up millions of texas families continue to deal with power outages what was supposed to be rolling blackouts to protect electrical grids has turned for some into days without heat it got down to about 51 degrees in our house by 6 o'clock, and we have a two-month-old baby. We were snuggled up, but it was just a little bit too much. In Houston, for families with no place to go, local celebrity and furniture store owner Jim Mattress McMackinvale has opened his showrooms to provide food and shelter. We open 24 hours, so if you need to get out of the cold, if your house has no power, we have power out here. That's nice. That's a good man. So the headline in USA Today, massive failure leaves millions in Texas in the dark. I'm all for looking into the the energy grid and the green energy part of it and any malfeasance or stupidity or anything that happened. I'm absolutely for that. Um, uh, But it does say in the first sentence, amid an unprecedented winter storm. Right. An unprecedented occurrence will lead to unprecedented results, as opposed to like what had been going on in California for years, regular windy days you turn the power off right that, that's unforgivable it's not unprecedented today it's not unprecedented this week let alone <laughs> unprecedented most summers as opposed to this is the worst storm we've had in 100 years right like you say any investigation and reasonable uh change in policy is great but uh, my house isn't bulletproof because no. I, i've never had any need to have a bulletproof house correct yeah so uh, to 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 uh, speak metaphorically. So a video posted at Instagram shows a snow barrier, speaking of snow, built by protesters, quote-unquote protesters, outside of the Seattle Police Department's East Precinct. Do you remember the East Precinct? 
That was the whole Chaz precinct. In the video, a police vehicle is seen rolling backwards after attempting to drive over the barrier. Uh, Antifa goons block the exit of the East Precinct with a pile of snow in an effort to stop vehicles from responding to emergency calls. Oh, these are your brave freedom fighters. So terrified Seattleites who desperately need the police to show up any minute now, they can't because Antifa was blocking the cops. Another video of the incident posted by journalist Andy No shows the protesters cheering as the vehicle feel, fails to make it over the snow barrier. It's a 15-minute long incident. One demonstrator said they're just having a friendly snowball fight here at the East Precinct, while another can be heard saying the cops are being aggressive and violating people's rights as officers began moving the group away from the blocked exit and proceed to start shoveling away the obstruction. Uh, One officer tells the group they cannot block police from exiting a police vehicle precinct before another begins to push a protester back in an effort to remove them away. I'm sure it's showing more restraint than was probably due. Uh, by the way, in Texas, Ted Cruz has decided to fly back from Cabo. The senator from Texas had gone to Cabo with his family in the midst of a, an unprecedented weather event, while millions of his um, uh, voters are without electricity or anything like that. Shivering in the dark. And he's in Cabo with his family. So he's decided that didn't look good, so he's on his way back. And it, it, and it took him a couple of days to figure that out? Well, They're shivering in the dark. You're laying in the sunshine. Dead, dead. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Do you remember what I said, Sean, yesterday, how many Walmarts were closed? I think I said 500. It was a high number. Couldn't be that many, though, could it? 500 Walmarts that were closed because of the storm. We're just getting texts from people that are, you know, either in the, in the midst of the misery or uh, no, have family members who are. And they're talking about how their local Walmart there is closed and the grocery stores are completely wiped out. There is nothing left. Yeah. Wow. Um, and that's in that particular area. That was in Mississippi. Somebody who texted from San Antonio said, um, uh, one family, our neighbors here, it was 34 degrees inside their house. Oh, my gosh. Uh, many houses in the area were built in the 50s and 60s are in desperate need of renovations. We've had no power or water for three days. The stores look like last March's COVID. They're completely running out of water. Um, people have limited water pressure. I just saw a thing on the news that they're suggesting you boil your water. With what? Boil your water um, if you have it because they're worried about how clean and healthy it is yeah because of the power stuff some of the water treatment plants weren't operating at full capacity all the uh, time and yeah oh uh, yes well you hope you have gas uh gas stove i guess and I mean, almost, well, what are you gonna do build a fire out in the cold and as a guy who's growing up in rural areas in those rural areas walmart's everything walmart's closed you're done so at the three days ago walmart closed 500 stores and then uh, another report from last night more than 300 remain closed 300 closed walmarts in all those areas there's no place to go get anything right geez that's rough yeah time to to, to clean out the the pantry eat the croutons and the soup nobody likes cold well I just, you know, everybody who survives, it'll be a little tougher, a little more resourceful. They'll probably have some good memories of banding mm-hmm. together and getting you're, through it. You're starting to sound like that uh, mayor of that one town. Said everybody was lazy. <laughs> That's right. Figure it and out. those of you who can't figure it out are lazy and stupid. <laughs> and I hate you. How common are fireplaces in 
places where it doesn't typically freeze like that. I think there are about two fireplaces in Texas. Yeah. Makes sense. No, it's no. There's probably more than that, but that story, the the mention you had of, of houses built in the fifties and sixties. I mean, the, the insulation's pathetic. Right. Yeah. And insulation against cold, well, it's completely unnecessary. There's too. also a big difference between a fireplace and a wood burning stove that's designed to heat the house. Most fireplaces, modern fireplaces, are just designed so you can look at the fire. Right. right the heat right. just goes whoop. Yeah. Right up. Yep. Um, hey, there's some heat in Washington, D.C., Jack, even as President Biden and congressional Democrats work to pass their giant, almost $2 trillion coronavirus relief bill. They're working on something even bigger, even bigger. For right after? Yes. Yes. Bigger than $2 trillion? Yes. Nah. They're working on the next big legislative scramble over another massive spending bill that's already drawing intense lobbying and threatening Democratic unity. We can talk about that in a couple of minutes if you want. I know you're kind of hot to trot on the whole Robin Hood hearing. Yeah, so they've got the GameStop hearing going on right now. Uh, the guy from Robin Hood looks like a young Scott Bayo, which I find uh, mm. disconcerting somehow. Vlad but oddly Tedder. alluring. He looks like mm-hmm. Charles in charge. <laughs> but among things that he has said today is that Americans are far more sophisticated, informed, and capable than, fo- than folks in D.C. give them credit for. And it's time the securities laws treat them that way. I don't doubt that a bit. And uh, part of the way the the reason the laws are the way they are, I uh, would assume, I don't actually know this, but I would assume, is they're designed in such a way to make it much easier to do business and trade if you're them and much harder if it's you. Well, the regulations are written by the powerful for the powerful. Sure, the regulations are written by them, and they can use the excuse of, uh, the average trader could really get hurt if they were allowed to do this or that. It's not probably not a good idea to uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, And he's saying, no, the average trader, a lot of traders out there, they actually know what they're doing, and you just need to change this and this and this. So it's possible something could come out of this hearing that's kind of interesting. He offered this stat, which I I thought was interesting. So the the amount of assets in Robinhood accounts exceed the amount deposited by over $35 billion. Um, so his, his case, this, these are not people that are, they keep zeroing out their accounts and putting more money in trying to ring the stock or play it like a slot machine. They, these are people that are doing the investing properly and they are building their, their accounts. Gotcha. Well, I find your optimism quaint. I think if God almighty were to sit down at the, the table there in the hearing room and say, you should pass, uh, or you should get rid of these regulations and Satan himself were to say, these regulations are good, let's keep them. They'd end up keeping them. Depends on what Wall Street wants. Anyway. And help if um, you show up not looking like Scott Bayo, I think. I think it just helps. What is your anti-Bayoist attitude? Where'd that come from? What did he ever do to you? Did he steal your girlfriend? Huh? He was in your Wheaties? It's a story. You resent the uh, authority wielded by Charles when he was in charge? Is that your problem? <laughs> Right, so the $1.9 trillion coronavirus relief bill that the Democrats are still working to pass, whatever that means, um, and they are there are still oh, a handful use, of issues. They're going to use today's jobs numbers as a, see, you see, back yeah. up to almost 900,000. We better push this out. Yeah, but listen to this, would you? Biden's next package could be far pricier than the coronavirus bill. That's $2 trillion. Although plans remain fluid, it's expected to center on a major infrastructure investment while also tackling other priorities such as clean energy, domestic manufacturing, and child and elder care. But it's as it's moved its way through Congress, 
It has unleashed a torrent of other demands as advocates for issues from climate change to immigration push to get included. The cacophony of competing demands is already threatening to divide Democrats who have largely united behind the coronavirus relief bill. But moderate-leaning Democrats are balking at spending trillions more on issues that range far afield from economic relief. No way. Fights, uh, fights are already brewing of how far to go to raise in raising taxes to pay for what comes next. So they are contemplating ginormous, mind-boggling expending expenditures and uh, and raising your taxes. There's a shock. How much bigger than two trillion? I wonder how big they're talking. Senior Democratic officials, Jack, have discussed proposing as much as $3 trillion in new spending wow. as part of what they envision as a wide-ranging jobs and infrastructure package that will be the foundation of Biden's Build Back Better program. There's a limit to how far you can push this, even as, uh, you know, the amazing economic engine that the America is. I, I guess we're going to test it. In fact, there was a good Wall Street Journal article the other day Nobody's ever done this before. This is an experiment. Nobody's ever gone to over 100% of GDP with their debt and uh, mm. and lasted. We're, we're kind of running an experiment here. Let's see if we can pull it off. Here's another key line for you. On Wednesday, Biden met with senior leadership of the AFL-CIO and other labor unions at the White House and discussed both the current relief package and the second recovery bill, which is going to have more pork in it than Des Moines, Iowa. The labor leaders have asked Biden to improve as much as approve as much as four trillion dollars in new infrastructure spending. Uh, we are so far behind the curve, said Biden. We rank like thirty eighth in the world in terms of infrastructure. What does that mean? Uh, by what standard? Everything from canals to highways to airports. Oh yeah, our canals are an embarrassment. <laughs> are you kidding? American canals, please. And everybody said, okay, all right. Okay. You know, there's actually a fair amount of agreement that the nation's infrastructure sure. needs a little rehabbing. Yeah. In always, fact, I think everybody agrees with Always that. gets put off uh, for other things. Yeah, but you're going to just load it up with four, three or four trillion dollars worth of grab bag goodies? And again, we're into uncharted territory. Nobody's ever yeah. tried this before. This is new economic ground. We're like, it's an experiment. And you know what it is? If it doesn't work, well, the whole thing collapses. We're all duped. I don't know. So let's hope for the best. I'll develop a taste for human flesh. That's the worst case scenario. You always go cannibal so fast. Barbaric! Well, you've got to be ready. It's like your first... Honestly, it's too fast, Joe. Yeah, it is. It's like your first... Yeah, yeah. yeah I tell you what. <laughs> you guys will be gagging on your neighbor's thigh while I'm hearty and well-nourished. Maybe you should <laughs> Maybe you should cash out your 401k. I know there are penalties. Well, I suppose I could do that. No, no, no. You go right to cannibalism. <laughs> Do we have that Alex? Do we have that Alex Jones clip oh. still about cannibalism? Can we uh, find that? It's pretty funny. I mean, he's a nut, and he's been incredibly irresponsible. Have you thought about driving? But he's funnier now. Maybe drive a cheaper car, Joe. No, I, I guess I could do that. Okay, I'll but, hold uh, off on eating eat other humans. humans. <laughs> Gosh, my superpowers being honest, I've extrapolated this out, and I won't have to for a few years since I got food and stuff. But I'm literally looking at my neighbors now and going, I'm ready to hang them up and gut them and skin them and chop them up. You know what? I'm ready. My daughters aren't starving to death. I'll eat my neighbors. See, my superpower is being honest. I'll eat your ass. I will. I'm combat model, optimum self-sufficiency, probably the leader. 
The point is, is have you thought about that yet? Because I'm somebody that thought I could fix this, and I'm starting to think about having to eat my neighbors. There you go. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Probably the later. <laughs> there are a number of twists and turns that would have to occur before we get to rampant cannibalism, I believe, but... I tell you what, the folks down in Texas, they're eyeballing each other. I'm telling you, the Walmart's closed. They got no food. It's cold as heck. You start thinking maybe I'll just gnaw on his arm. Got at some point, honestly, I pets make it hard. But at some point, I, I might just grab a credit card. We're getting in the car, and we're just going to drive north until we get to a place where there's electricity. I don't care if we have to drive all day long. We'll come back when it's over. If you can, if you got yeah, a credit card, if, if you can, yeah, or if you don't have to be at work the next day, oh yeah, well, I, I mean, know. some some working man, he's he's expected to show up. He can't lose his job, right? I guess you maybe you send the uh, send the wife and kids to grandma's if you can, but again, the roads are iced over, oh right, frozen, right, right. And you the can't rest of drive. It. Now uh, you and I grew up, we learned to drive in the upper Midwest. I'm pretty good on snow and ice, as good as you can be. But uh, boy, the average Texan and uh, who can fault them for it. They have no idea how to drive in that stuff. Well, and if the road's closed, the road's closed. You're not going anywhere. Sure. Yeah. Um, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Is a dozen. I want more than 12. You don't need to be rude. Someone who thought a dozen was 50. Mm-hmm. They're misinformed. <laughs> Somebody at a Dunkin' Donuts who thought a dozen was 50. What are you supposed to do? Who needs 50 donuts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do with 50 donuts anyway? Um, so the, 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 the Mars rover lands this afternoon, 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock West Coast time, and it says... Tune in at USA Today to watch. I guess we're going to see pictures or video. I don't know what. I know. I wow, know wait image. a minute. That's exciting. I'd say images are going to start coming back uh, shortly after it lands, minutes after it lands. I don't know how long it takes the images to get here and what exactly we're going to see, but I'm going to, I'm going to check that out. My kids will love that. So that's kind of That's cool. 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific. What's that uh, the Atlantic time? Atlantic time zone, in case I'm in Nova Scotia. <laughs> I don't know that. Um, okay. Oh, Ted Cruz, I think, uh, has done himself some serious damage. He's on his way back to Texas, but I was just reading the article. So this broke late last night. Somebody on a plane to Cancun first saw it, a passenger, and then tweeted it out, and then it caught on with the media. So this story broke late, and Ted Cruz is headed back today. That Ted Cruz and his family left Texas in the middle of, it's not like, they didn't know this was going to happen. They left in the middle of half a million people still without power in his state. Wow. One of the worst weather disasters they've ever had. And he went ahead and, I mean, I'm sure the trip was pre-planned. I hope, I assume it wasn't. Well, Maybe it wasn't. Maybe yeah, it wasn't. What's, what's he no going to do as a Yeah, it, he might have thought, hey, let's go somewhere warm. What's he going to do as a senator? Make a plea for, that's the governor's job. 
I guess it's just purely optics. Oh, it's purely optics. No, I don't think he'll do, could have done anything, or will do anything. But it's not a good look. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate to be on the side of dumb politics, and this seems like, yeah, I said purely optics, but it's just so terrible. <laughs> God, I wouldn't do it. No. No, your constituents are shivering in the dark, fearing for your lo- their lives, and you're sipping a coconut drink in Cancun. Well, and That's if there's any federal money you can get, you'd, you'd like your senator maybe to like you know have an eyewitness view of how horrible it was and be on the phone with President Biden and emergency this and I, your state senator, can't help you anyway. May not be the best defense for these sort of things. <laughs> yeah, what am I gonna do? <laughs> well, I, I, what, what do you want me to do? I can't do anything. I can't do anything. <laughs> Tell you what I can do is uh, rent this boogie board and have a good time. Get a snorkel and look for. I'll tell you what. I'll tweet out a lot of pictures. You live vicariously through me. Right. So win win. Uh, so I, I think that could be damaging to Ted Cruz. Um, if he didn't think it was a big deal, he wouldn't be coming back. He didn't think he'd get caught, is the thing, obviously. Are we sure his family wasn't the one who leaked the pictures and just kind of wanted the little solo vacation? <laughs> hey, Ted, you got to go back and handle this. We'll stay here. Um, USA Today with one of their uh, graph thingies. The question was, what American site is the biggest threat to our way of life? What's the biggest threat to your way of life, Joe? Uh, can I think about it for a minute? No. The greatest threat to my way of life? Yes, you can. You can think about it. Death. I, I don't know. Death. Yeah, a heart attack. Okay. Maybe I need to give you choices. I'm t- If death is one of them, that's what I'm picking. For, <laughs> foreign, foreign nation military threats? No. The natural world weather and viruses? Mm-hmm. Economic forces, mm-hmm. or other Americans' domestic enemies? Mm-mm. No, no, so, it's it's economic collapse. Okay, absolutely. That finished. Whether it's hyperinflation or a collapse of the economy or or the debt crisis, yeah, that finished a distant second. By far, number one. By far, not even close. Majority of people say other Americans are the biggest threat to my way of life. Right. Right. Well, unfortunately, you split that group in half, and half of them are saying them, and them are pointing back at those and saying those. Yeah, that is a problem. So, who's the threat? You're like one of those blonde girls. <laughs> Here's your host for final thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, how about a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day? Uh, Michael Angelo, our technical director. Michael, final thought? All right. Ted Cruz does a Zoom apology press conference wearing sunscreen on his nose, <laughs> sunglasses, and holding a surfboard. <laughs> All right. Uh, positive Sean is our producer. He has a final shot. thought, Sean. One of my favorite things on the Internet is when a, somebody, a small account goes viral. This uh, tweet of the day, somebody who had a couple hundred account or followers by the time they tweeted this, idolizing a politician is like believing the stripper really likes you. Oh, boy. I like that. 
friend of mine sent that to me this morning, Sean. It's viral, as they say. Uh, Jackie, final thought for us? I don't know why I'm captured by this whole Mars trip. I'm very excited about it. I'll tune in and tell you tell you what I saw yesterday. Hopefully, I can get the kids interested in this sort of thing. You know, think about how much better your iPhone camera is than it was a couple of years ago. This is by far the best camera we've ever put on Mars. I can't wait to see the pics. That is exciting. Slightly a grubbier topic. We were going to talk a little more about the Lincoln Project today. Just never got to it. For goodness sakes, these people who want your contributions to change the world and make the world better, and they've got a great logo and an eagle and red, white, and blue or whatever, just be skeptical. Oh, All these people are getting rich. Everybody in D.C. is getting freaking rich over your tax money and or your ill-advised contribution. Yeah. God dang it. You people who send money off to politicians or these various groups really put a lot of thought into it. Before you do it, so many of them are thieves. Oh, yeah, and they're good at ripping you off. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. We have our extra-large podcast with Tom Sullivan talking about his old buddy Rush Limbaugh. We have the hot mic moment for that California school board that was bad-mouthing parents for daring complain about their kids being shut out of school. Armstrongandgetty.com, armstrongandgetty.com. See you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a mess. Fucking trash. Idiots. Shut up, Ray. Okay. If you're going to call me out, I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going to call my lawyer. Gun. I will not make that happen. And when it's over, it is over. It is over. That is the climax of foolishness. That's the fact, Jack. Yeah, it's just complete, utter nonsense. Bob Dole listens to Armstrong and Getty. Says who?